Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Hope everybody is having a good week so far. So we jumped into football recruiting last week, just a few days ago with Keith Niebuhr. And now we move on to basketball, which is equally as exciting on the recruiting trail right now since things have opened, if not more exciting. Bruce Pearl already got a handful of five stars on campus over the course of the past week, including some other high-profile players as they now look ahead to the 2022 and 2023 classes trying to recruit for those. And obviously, Bruce Pearl has done a really good job over the past few years of getting some of the top talent in the area, especially in Georgia, maybe looking to do a lot of the same. So we talked to Keith Niebuhr about football a few days ago. We're going to bring in Mark Murphy, who has been covering all of Auburn basketball's recruiting efforts over the past week or so at our website in just a minute. Before we get to that, we do have some news to go over. Uh, Desi Sills, this is something that I've been tracking for a little bit, but Desi Sills, the Arkansas transfer guard, who has like three years of SEC experience, played in every single game at Arkansas, bounced back and forth between a starting two guard and a sixth man type player, uh, actually will not be coming to Auburn. He will not be transferring to Auburn after signing with the program. On May 5th, this is an academic-related issue. That's something we had known for a while, and Bruce Pearl officially confirmed it yesterday um, after Desi Sills announced that he will be transferring to Arkansas State, which is in his hometown of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Bruce Pearl said that it was academics-related. Obviously, we reported at our site that that's not grades or anything. It was a matter of um, his his, his courses from Arkansas not translating and his credits not translating properly to his new major at Auburn. So we actually are going to get a chance to we're recording this podcast. Let's see. Can't keep track of my days anymore. We're recording this podcast on Tuesday and it's going to come out Wednesday morning. So Desi Sills is actually going to chat. He's already signed with Arkansas State. And so he's going to chat with reporters on Wednesday afternoon. And I'm, I think I'm going to be able to jump into that Zoom call. So be on the lookout at our website. I'm going to ask him about that so we can get just the exact details from the man himself. But Auburn is back open and with another roster spot that they can either fill or they don't have to. Um, so we'll talk to Mark a little bit about that. And then after we're done talking to Mark, we'll talk about a little, a little NBA draft stuff because now Auburn officially has two players off to the NBA draft with JT Thor. We knew kind of the same thing. We had talked about this on a couple podcasts ago that JT Thor not coming back to Auburn, deciding to keep his name in the draft process, attempting to turn pro and get drafted. And things are looking pretty good for him since doing that. His stock has kind of gone up. I think NBA scouts really like his potential. So we'll get into that at the end of the pod, but let's get into our interview with Mark right now. And here we've got Mark Murphy on the line to talk about Auburn basketball. Mark, it was like a month and a half ago, we were on here recording a podcast about Desi Sills committing to Auburn. And then shortly after that, he signed with Auburn. And now that whole situation has kind of fallen through. That's the news of the day is that uh, Sills announced he's transferring to Arkansas State, which is in his hometown of Jonesboro, Arkansas, obviously not coming to Auburn. Um, Kind of a whirlwind situation, but now seems like everything has finally been resolved. What can you tell us about uh, 
about what happened with Sills as Auburn's now got another another roster spot open if they want to use it. Yeah, and I think it makes sense to bring in another guard if they can find one. And normally you'd say, hey, it's really late in the recruiting process, but this is 2021, Nathan. It's never too late. I mean, guys are moving back and forth like crazy around the country. So they'll probably be able to find somebody to come in and help them. So, uh, you know, I think the, the key thing here was, you know, was he going to be academically eligible to play for Auburn in 21-22? I think there was a real question about that. I don't think that's all going to be resolved by staying in state and going to Arkansas State. As you mentioned, his hometown, Jonesboro, where he led that high school team to a couple state championships and was a really good prospect. And uh, I think he'll be, you know, it's got to be disappointing to Bruce Pearl, uh, which he mentioned was the case. And I'm sure it's disappointing to Desi Seals because he told me he was looking forward to coming to playing at Auburn and in the SEC. And uh, you know, Auburn's coaches know how good he is. I mean, he put on a show against them in the head-to-head matchups. And he's one of the key players on the team that had a really good season, went deep into the NCAA tournament. So, uh, uh, you know, it's not good to get caught short on guards. And, yes, Auburn's got guards. But, you know, if they get a couple guys hurt, they could get – into a dicey situation this season. Yeah, I guess I guess the next month because they added Devin Cambridge like pretty late a couple years ago. So I guess it's not like completely out of the question of them doing some work on the recruiting trail. But the transfer portal deadline is July first, and then the NBA draft deadline is like a week after that to pull out of it. So people could be pulling out of the draft. They could be deciding to come back to college. Um, I think the next month is probably going to be pretty big in that. So kind of going back to what you just talked about, Desi Sills and Katie Johnson was kind of the people were wondering who was going to take the most time at the two. Obviously, we're a long way away. Um, but what does your Auburn backcourt look like right now in terms of that rotation? Again, they haven't even you know, they're just doing workout stuff. They're not even in practice yet. Um, but just without Sills and without another player right now, what does that rotation look like to you? you know, um, Zeb Jasper, I saw him walk onto campus the other day. He's yeah. he's around. So. I think he's certainly got to be in the mix and he's an experienced guy from college of Charleston. So, you know, he's certainly got to look at green coming in from Eastern Kentucky, watched him practice. Uh, he's really a good point guard, Nathan. He, he sees the floor really well. He's quick. He's a little guy, but uh, he seems to be able to get a shot off and get open. So, you know, I think they'll probably be okay at the guard situation, but, but they need somebody else. And then, you know, Devin Cambridge can play guard if they need it. Alan Flanagan can play guard if they need to. And uh, I thought Alan got a lot better at that as the season went on last year. You know, he's not a good matchup for all types of guards, but for certain big, strong guards, two guards, he can certainly uh, defend those guys. And he can score on against just about anybody because he's really physically strong. Plus, he's left-handed and he's gotten a lot better at shooting the basketball. So, you know, I think they'll be okay. I'm curious to see Seb Jasper, you know, practice this summer and see what he looks like, how he's going to fit in on an SEC roster. You know, he made the uh, all-conference defensive team, which is a really good thing because there's so many uh, good, talented players in the SEC. you got to be able to defend in this league. And, you know, Johnson coming in from Georgia is going to be – a really talented guy who can create his own shot, which is a big deal. And Bruce Pearl 
always had guards who could do that. And that's a big part of their offensive system. So you said you were able to catch some practice in person? Yes. Yeah. What were kind of your basic and now they're not it's not like install yet, right? It's just still no, like kind of feeling it out. Really early, but uh they did a little bit of I call it a micro scrimmage at the end of practice. And uh, you know, you can see the athleticism, you can see the length, and uh, you can you can tell there's a lot of talent out there. But uh, it is really early, and uh, you know it's very basic. And you know most of the stuff they're doing this summer is strength and conditioning. And uh, later in the summer, when they get everybody in and ready to go, they'll start doing installs on you know offensive sets defensive sets and that type of thing. But, you know, it's always an opportunity to coach uh, for Bruce Pearl and his staff. And they have points of emphasis in practice alike. You know, uh, say you're, you're doing something, uh, say you're running just a basic play. There's, you know, four or five different variations off that basic play and things that'll work and spacing and importance of not getting too crowded getting guys too crowded close together when you're trying to run your offensive sets because it makes you easier to guard. And if you kept that, keep that floor spread, uh, that was something they were certainly talking about in the first practice. Uh, it makes you a lot more effective offensively. And, you know, talked about effort, rebounding position, and playing fast. Uh, I think this team, even though it's going to be tall and long, they got a lot of guys who can run the floor, even big guys, and they're going to be up-tempo. Yeah, that was one of the best things that Kessler did at North Carolina was be able to get down the floor quickly as a big guy. Um, Mark, moving to recruiting now, because obviously things are back open at Auburn, which is great at, at everywhere starting on June 1st um, and basketball really hot start that they didn't waste any time getting some really, really big players on campus. Um, I want to start with Zion Cruz since that's not I don't know if that's necessarily a guy people were necessarily like very keyed in on before his visit. Um, but he had some pretty big things to say about Auburn after the visit was over that they might be in the lead right now for him. And he's a five-star player who would certainly be a really big addition in the next class. Yeah, 6'5", 175. He's from New Jersey, the number one ranked prospect in that state, according to 24-7. And, uh, yeah, the guy, um, he, he's got a lot of game offensively and defensively. And with his frame, I think he'll add a lot of size. He can defend, he can create. Uh, he's not a guy that, you know, tries to dominate the scoring. He plays on a really good team. They only lost one game last year. He likes to facilitate. But he still averaged 16, 17 points a game. And uh, I think his last game he had 26. Um, and But they did have a short season. They only played like 14 games because of COVID in, this, in his situation there in New Jersey. So, yeah, he came down. Uh, was there this past weekend for an official visit and had a really good time. And uh, I agree with you. I think Auburn is in good shape with him right now. He's going to make a decision, I believe, before the end of the summer. So, you know, my guess is there's a real good chance he could be headed to Auburn. And uh, um, they've had a lot of really good prospects on campus and three five-star prospects in one week. I can't remember that happening for official visits. It might happen sometime back in the Bob Davis era. Um, but, boy, that was a long time ago because he had a, a bunch of really good kids. And 
I don't even know if the term five-star recruit was generally known and accepted back there. Uh, there was a couple of recruiting services and, you know, they had different designations. There was one that actually I think did use the term five-star back then, but it's, uh, but there weren't, you know, like it is now, you know, uh, big networks with a lot of in-person evaluation. Yeah, I guess, I mean, depending on how many you get on campus in terms of the high level prospects, that gives you a pretty good chance to at least land one of them. Um, Especially now that you're competing against the G league, it seems like that's almost like another, it's almost like another blue blood in there that you're trying to recruit against Um, the other five stars mark. And there were some other, sorry, go ahead. Green bloods. (laughs) Green bloods. Yes, exactly. The, uh, we can offer you a million dollars to play basketball at age 17 bloods, which I wouldn't turn that down when I was 17. But um, so the other five stars, Mark, who are on campus, there were a couple other good players and um, a couple other good ones. They're going to be on campus soon. Uh, PJ Haggerty is a guard out of Texas who told Jason that Auburn is near the top for him. Uh, Chauncey yeah, Wiggins. Like 30 plus points a game last yeah. season. And he's, he's weird. He's only a three star, mm. high star in the 24 seven network. But boy, if you look at his film, Look at his scoring numbers. You can see why Auburn's really interested in him because, you know, he's a guy who can really do it. I expect his recruiting ranking to bump up, and he's ranked higher some other places too. He was in this past weekend for an official visit with Jairus Walker, who's 6'8", really physical uh, power forward, who's ranked the number one guy at his position in the country. Um, He's at IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, He's uh, been playing down there since he was a ninth grader. I think he moved down there from Pennsylvania where he was in junior high school. And he's, he's a really an interesting guy because he sees the floor really well. He passes like a guard, but uh, he can block shots. He can rebound, can create his own shots. And if there ever was a guy to me, it looked like he might be playing in the G league right away. If he doesn't want to go to college, he's it because he's physically, you know, way advanced for a guy going into his high school senior year. Yeah, he walked through the football complex for a minute uh, and he looks like a right guard. I mean, just the way he's built, just an absolute monstrous athlete. Um, So Haggerty and Cruz are the ones that seem like they're probably leaning Auburn the most right now. And then there was one more. um, Brandon Miller is from Tennessee, right? Five star. He was in last week. Mm. Really good forward, and he likes Auburn a lot. I don't think he's in any big hurry to make a decision, and uh, he's one of these kind of guys who does everything well, Nathan, and uh, I was impressed with him. This last weekend, Nick Smith, 6'4", 185 shooting guard from Sylvan Hills High in Sherwood, Arkansas, was in for an official visit. It was his second visit. He's going to Kansas next. He's got a long-time relationship with the Flanagans, he played at a rival high school uh, to Allen Flanagan's high school there in the Little Rock area. He's from uh, Sylvan Hills and is actually in the same conference. And uh, so uh, Wes Flanagan is somebody he's known for a long time. He's his primary recruiter. And, uh, you know, f- from talking to, to Nick, I don't think he's even close to making a decision on his college choice. But, yeah, I think he's definitely interested in Auburn. Jason saw him at an AAU event prior to the pandemic and uh, talked to him then, and he mentioned he was really interested in Auburn. And I think Auburn's going to be 
in the mix with him for a, a long time. And, you know, Brandon Miller's from Cane Ridge High School in Antioch, Tennessee, 6'7", 200, five-star, small forward. And, boy, he's got a lot of game. And the first two guys who actually visited were 2023 prospects, Isaiah Collier, mm-hmm. Six-one point guard from Wheeler High School in Marietta, Georgia, and that's a boy basketball area up there. The North Atlanta has turned out a lot of really good players last 10, 15 years, and he's going to be another good one. Cannon Carlisle, six-zero combo guard from Milton High School in Alpharetta, another 20-23 four-star, and uh, he told me he really likes Auburn. So they're coming in right and left, and uh, Auburn's. Uh, got a kid coming in this week for an official visit. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, 6'7", 180. He's from Bishop McLaughlin uh, High School in Spring Hill, Florida, for an official. The guy is uh, very talented defensively. He's listed as a four-star prospect, boy, but he's got offers like a five-star recruit. He's getting a lot of attention. Uh, he plays bigger than 6'7", and uh, – also coming in for an official visit is Chance Westry. He's a 6'4", 190 combo guard, four-star from Sierra Canyon High School in Chatsworth, California. He's originally from the East Coast, but uh, he transferred out uh, and played as a junior in California. And that's a loaded high school team he's on out there at Sierra Canyon. Yeah, I guess former teammates maybe with LeBron James's son, if he's from Sierra Canyon, possibly. I don't know how long he played there or whatever, but um, yeah. So like you're saying, Mark, lots of recruits coming in. The unofficials come fast and furious during the week. So you guys, if you want to keep up with that, Auburn undercover inside the Auburn Tigers, Mark has done a really good job of covering all of that so far. One last question, Mark, appreciate you coming on. Um, Carlisle and I'm forgetting the uh, Collier, Collier and Cannon Carlisle, if, unless I'm messing those up. That's the number one and number two players in Georgia for the 2023 class. And they chose to be in Auburn on the first day that the dead period ended. And you were talking about the talent now in the Atlanta area. What do you think that says about the pipeline that Bruce Pearl has set up in that area and how, how well he's done there to get those kind of kids to always have an, the, the best players in that area now seem to have an interest in Auburn. He's, he's doing a better job than UGA is in that area. You know? Yeah. Those kids are paying attention to the success Auburn's guards have had under Bruce Pearl. And, uh, you know, Auburn's assistant coaches do a good job of getting out in the road and evaluating talent. And you know, they haven't been able to get out in the road, but they've been able to do the Zoom calls and just the regular telephone calls and making the contacts with high school coaches, with the AAU coaches, the kids themselves, and they can do that and the kids' families and parents. So, I mean, I think that's really important that, uh, you know, they have that pipeline in Georgia because, boy, for years, Georgia's been turning out lots of high school basketball prospects. And, you know, at one point, um, a lot of the really good players in Georgia were in South Georgia and uh, Middle Georgia. There's still really good players coming out from down there. You know, one of the five-star guys that came into Auburn, uh, Kavotny Barber, was you know a Middle Georgia guy. And the Auburn's also signed five-star like recruits like a Mike Mitchell out of the Atlanta area over the years. And but right now the population of Atlanta and the sub- suburban area is just mushroom so big. It just makes sense. There's going to be a lot more prospects up there. And uh, 
the AAU competition is really good in the Atlanta area. There's loads of teams up there, and they're playing year-round. Spend a lot of time taking care of that area as far as recruiting contacts go because it's really an easy drive for those kids just to pop on down to Auburn and say, if you're a Jared Harper and you're close to your family or Bryce Brown, you're close to your family, their family can come down for every Harvard home game. Yeah, and he laid the groundwork with guys like Okoro and Okiki dating back then. And then, I mean, Walker Kessler was the best player in Georgia in his class. Sharif Cooper was the second best. And then Jabari Smith is the best player in Georgia in this class, and they're contending for guys down the road. So, yeah, great points by you, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Lots of knowledge and information there. Um, be sure to follow Mark on the website over the next couple months because things are going to be crazy on campus for all your basketball recruiting needs. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So JT Thor on Saturday, the Auburn power forward, freshman power forward last year, who was a reclassified high school junior when he signed with Auburn. So a year younger than a rising sophomore player should be, but still all the talent in the world, obviously, if you watched Auburn basketball play last season. His stats were pretty good, but I mean, they didn't necessarily jump off the page to you, but he had a lot of moments where he flashed NBA potential. His coaches and teammates talked about all season long, how he resembled a pro player and some of the stuff he was able to do on the court. So on Saturday, he signed with an agency and Auburn officially announced kind of to go along with that, that he will not be returning to the team, that he will be trying to go pro and will not attempt to come back before um, the July 7th withdrawal deadline, which we talked about with Mark a little bit. So that this month will be more important to monitor for Auburn transfer targets that are coming from the draft, because that's something that you can do now. You can sign with an agent even, I think, since 2018, 2018 or 19, the NCAA dropped that rule or enacted that rule, excuse me, um, where you can sign an agent. And if you go undrafted, you can come back to school. Um, but guys right now are kind of going through that draft process, getting evaluated. And if their stock isn't what they wanted it to be, they can decide to return to school. And some of these players have entered the transfer portal saying that they're still in the draft, but saying that, you know, if it, things don't go their way in the draft process, that they come back, they'll be in the portal. And so there's two dates that are pretty close. July 1st is the deadline for anybody to enter the portal. Uh, you know, athletes can't enter it after then. So this month up until the month ends up through, I guess, through June 31st is going to be important to watch in that regard. And then just six days later on July 7th, that's the deadline for folks to pull out of the draft process. I guess July 1st is the one to watch the most, like Mark said, and like we talked about, Devin Cambridge was added really late in the process. They could go without another addition. Um, I, I tend to agree with Mark that I think they need another guard, maybe a combo guard or a true two guard to kind of help out that rotation. But obviously they can do that either in the recruiting trail or through the transfer portal. Desi Sills wasn't exactly your superstar transfer. Uh, I think Walker Kessler obviously is your best transfer. Katie Johnson is probably your second best. And then, I mean, we'll see Wendell Green and Zep Jasper are also very valuable. All four transfers were really good. I'm not saying Desi Sills was the odd man out, but 
the other two are going to probably help out with your point guard situation. And then Johnson and Kessler were two of the top. And Kessler was the best transfer by most people. And then Katie Johnson was a top 20, top 30 transfer. Most people thought just in the world of college basketball. So anyway, on to JT Thor. So he will not be coming back to Auburn. His agency, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it actually has Jared Harper um, on its talent roster as well. So probably a bit of, maybe a bit of a connection there. Um, but since then, if you've just been, if you poke around NBA draft Twitter and, and NBA evaluators on Twitter that are kind of going along with that news, it seems like NBA scouts are, very excited about JT Thor making this official. I mean, it, potential, 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 I think is the thing with him. And he showed a lot of it. I mean, there are certainly players that come out with his frame and kind of his raw. I mean, like six foot nine, six foot 10, doesn't really have much body mass right now, um, but he'll obviously, you know, continue to bulk up. A lot of people want him to come back to Auburn to bulk up, but I mean, NBA teams are going to do that just fine, if not better you know, than a college program. It's kind of what they do. There are players that come out of college way showing way less than he did. And teams still take them based off of potential. They had way less flashes of NBA skill sets than JT Thor did. I mean, it was every other game or every game pretty much at the end of the season where he was doing something where your eyes just opened pretty wide. And you said, wow, that was an impressive play for a young kid like that to make. So since then, I mean, people have been talking about him a lot. I think most of the projections were like mid second round, mid to late second round before he declared officially before he decided he was staying in. But the latest, I mean, high profile um, mock draft since then was by on Bleacher Report. I believe it was. Yeah, it was on Tuesday by Jonathan Wasserman, who if you don't know, he he created the NBA draft website. Dude certainly knows what he's talking about. Um, he has JT Thor going number 23 in the first round to the Houston Rockets, um, saying there's been conversations from scouts, quote, conversations from scouts and agents about him rising into the first round, end quote. And then two picks after him is Sharif Cooper to the Los Angeles Clippers. So Thor going above Cooper in the first round, uh, that's that's pretty surprising. But regardless of, of who goes first or when, if Auburn's able to get two picks in the first round this season, th this draft, that's pretty crazy when you consider that most people think they've got three or four NBA play. I mean, Jabari Smith is already a top 10 pick next year. If not, top, I mean, he's been projected top five. I'm just trying to give him a little bit of leniency. Like uh, he is going to be probably a lottery pick unless things just absolutely go terribly. Alan Flanagan received some draft buzz last year. He's a guy who'll be hoping to be a first round pick might end up being more of a second round guy. Um, Walker Kessler, obviously a super highly rated recruit. He sort of projects as a possible first rounder in the future. And then you've got a guy like Katie Johnson who might end up being an NBA draft pick, depending on how he pans out at Auburn. And then they'll just continue bringing in high profile recruits. So obviously Auburn is, we knew with Sharif Cooper, they were going to have three straight first round draft picks. They have two straight first rounders with a, with Okiki and Okoro for the first time in program history. But now it's like, you know, wondering if that's going to extend to three, well, I think now, I mean, it's definitely going to extend to three, but you could have, you know, four guys drafted in the first round over the course of three years. Then you've got Jabari Smith, you know, more than likely, you know, 99% chance next year to have five guys drafted in the first round over the course of four drafts. So not only is Bruce Pearl, I mean, you know, the best, uh, 
the best run of success for Auburn basketball on the court for its own program, but easily the best run of success the program has ever seen in putting guys into the pros. So that that's all part of this rebuilding plan for Auburn and seems to be going extremely well at this point. I mean, JT Thor is a guy who didn't, you know, I think Auburn played less than 20 games total this season, right? But I mean, st- well, no, that's not true. Less than 30 games, excuse me, um, this season, but still a guy that was able to show enough and have that brief career. Both of these guys, both JT Thor and Shreve Cooper, um, brief Auburn careers, able to parlay that into draft selections. I think now it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Thor will go in the draft. Um, if not in the first round, then definitely in the second round, while Shreve Cooper pretty, pretty universally accepted as a first round pick. So obviously that continues talking about recruiting, bringing guys in on visits, a guy like Zion Cruz, who said he's a five-star shooting guard or says he's he, Auburn is his leader right now. You, you, that definitely helps out. And you're talking about those number one and number two players in Georgia in the 2022 and 2023 class coming. Those guys definitely pay attention to what Auburn is doing, turning guys uh, loose to the NBA and them having that level of success and getting drafted. So just another tool in Bruce Pearl's recruiting belt that he's able to use right now for the program. Uh, that's pretty much it. Pretty much everything we had to go through today. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Please go review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really, really helps out the show. Leave us a five-star review. Um, if you have any suggestions or any questions or anything like that, um, shoot me an email to my Twitter account at by Nathan King. Shoot me a DM on there. Shoot me a DM on our message boards, whatever you want to do. Uh, the music, the intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. My buddy from Huntsville, thanks so much to him for helping us out with that. Be sure to keep it locked at the website. We're going to have all the recruiting coverage you could want over the next few days. And like I said, if you're listening to this in the morning, um, pretty sure we're going to talk to, um, you can try to jump into that call with Sills in the afternoon. So maybe he'll, you know. It's much better coming from the source itself and him able to talk about some of that stuff now on the record. So we'll see how that goes. So be sure to check out the site over the next week or so. And until the next episode of the podcast, I will see you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week.